Hello, and welcome to the West Connects podcast, where we help ensure student athletes are successful off the field. Today, I'm excited to have Henry Martelier yep, on with it. me. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm so bad with names, so I apologize, but bear with me. Um, Henry, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. So let's get right into it. Uh, maybe give us a little bit of background about kind of where you grew up, uh, high school, and then how you found yourself at Wesleyan. And um, we can kind of go from there about your uh, involvement on campus. For sure. Um, so as everybody knows, my name is Henry Martelli Jr., um, class of 2019. Uh, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, still living there as well. Uh, I went to boarding school. Um, so I got to boarding school through a um, organization called Prep for Prep, which helps um, a lot of um, low-income and minority students um, get the opportunity to go to independent day schools and, and um, boarding schools. And so I ended up going to St. Andrews School in Middletown, Del Delaware. Uh, funny enough, St. Andrews, Middletown, Delaware, um, they're the Cardinals, red and black. So it seemed like, you know, Wesleyan was a match made in heaven in regards with the name, mascot. It, you know, I kept all my clothing pretty much. <laughs> so, I like uh, that. I like that. So, so you know, and I, and I love the fact that I, I still remember to this day when I got my acceptance letter from Wesleyan, um, you know, there was a little note saying, you know, trade one Middletown for another. So, uh, you know, I appreciated that. And, and Wesleyan, I felt, was the right place for me. Um, I, I, you know, throughout the entire college process, I saw the small size, I thought a smaller school was better for me, especially considering um, St. Andrews was only 300 strong. Um, so, you know, I, I went to a small school. I've been into small schools all my life. So I thought that that would be great. You know, the small classrooms, you know, having interactions and um, relationships with professors, so on and so forth. So uh, that really made me choose Wesleyan. Um, and then, you know, the funny thing is that when I, you know, was on campus, there, there were no people here. I came on people there. There was, it was on spring break. I remember I was on a, a trip with prep for prep. So all I got was, you know, you know, admissions, you know, and they really did a good job selling me to school. And I could really envision myself despite not seeing anybody there. Um, when I, you know, I was able to see myself at Wesleyan because I could see my day to day. I could see the opportunities I could take advantage of. And so um, I, I, you know, I look back and I do not regret my choice one bit. I'm really happy for the Wesleyan education that I was able to receive. That's awesome. I love that story. Um, <laughs> not having to change colors. I like that. Um, <laughs> and then, it, it, you know, based on the pre-call and looking at uh, your profile, you were really engaged on campus right off the bat. Can you, can you run through kind of some of the um, activities that you participated in and, and how you were an active student once you got on campus? Ooh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm happy I didn't go to Wesleyan alone, you know, coming from St. Andrews alone. I, I was with my one of my best friends, um, Jordan Bonner. And so, um, you know, we were roommates for our freshman year and we saw, you know, run for WSA that was like posted all over. And, you know, we're thinking, you know, we were very involved at, at St. Andrews. Why not get involved at, at Wesleyan? And so um, I ended up serving a, a, a semester term as a WSA representative um, on the student budget committee as well. Um, and, and it just started to do different things, seeing where I could fit in. Um, at the same time, I was also looking into lacrosse. Um, I wasn't recruited. I would just in silhouette with my friend Jordan because he was playing basketball. And so I brought my stick and, you know, just playing wall ball in silhouette. And, you know, the recruits actually, the, the freshman class, you know, my guys, they they saw me. It's like, are you, are you playing lacrosse? I'm like, no, I, I actually don't know, but I'm interested. So, 
it was through that connection through Elijah Weeks, who's also still at Wesley Lacrosse, and I really appreciate him. Um, I was able to talk to Coach Rava, Coach Parker, you know, the coaching staff at Wesley and Lacrosse, which is great. And, um, you know, I got into lacrosse. And then also with that, you know, I also spent time in res life as an RA and eventually the head resident of the Butterfields, which was a really growing and maturing experience for me. Um, my senior year being in that level of leadership. And then last but not least, I was also on the honor board. Um, I served on the honor board, I believe, for sophomore, junior, and then senior year as the chair. I may have be getting something wrong on that, but I spent time um, with the honor board as well. And then I also was engaged with some student groups, um, Ujima, who was, you know, considered a Black student union on campus, and then also um, Invisible Man for a time being. So I did a lot <laughs> at Westland. I definitely violated the, the rule of seven when, you know, they, they <laughs> tell you to get there. No, but that that's really helpful. And for students who are, are currently on campus or, or maybe they're, you know, freshman, sophomore, any advice that you would give considering how engaged you were? I mean, sometimes I, I think you, you sign up for things and you realize your, your, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. But, <laughs> but then I've done interviews like with, with Chad Balanowski, who you, you probably know, um, Chad. Yep. He did so much and he loved it and really seemed to thrive on it. Um, any advice or insights you would give current students about getting more involved in campus and things that you would do differently, maybe? Sure. Um, you know, I, I look back and I was happy that I, I made decisions to be involved, um, to be involved in campus. Um, people um, sometimes are like, hey, like, you know, college is for yourself. But I, I really do feel like, you know, being able to be, you know, a contributing member at Wesleyan, it's, it's not only a great feeling, you know that you're contributing to campus, campus life, um, making sure that you are assisting students with their transitions from high school or boarding school, wherever they're coming from to Wesleyan. And then also, you know, creating an environment where everybody can learn and, and, and live together. Um, so those were some of the things that I focused on. The one thing I will say is that, you know, don't be afraid that when you get to that point, you, you find yourself overloaded to cut things off, um, you know, everybody uses, you know, college as a way to figure out the things that they're really passionate about, right? And so I needed to figure out, was I passionate about WSA enough to like run for a second term? And I was like, no, I wasn't passionate enough about WSA to run for a second term. Even though it was rewarding, um, I do believe that, you know, I, things, you know, th things worked out perfectly for me in terms of time and, and the things that I wanted to do. Um, and so really figure those things out. And then once you find a couple things, you don't have to do everything in the world. Um, you know, find a couple things, focus on your schoolwork and, and, and stick to the things that you're really passionate about. And then when you feel like you're ready to expand, expand on that. Um, so I, I will say people, I encourage people to get involved, um, especially because then you also um, dictate, you know, how some things may go on campus, right? Let, let you know, your voice um, be heard. Um, last thing you want to do is go throughout you know, your, your college career and next, you know, you felt like, hey, maybe I could have caused a change here and I, and I didn't say anything. Um, so, so be the change that you want to be on, on campus. That's this great insight and, and very powerful. And looking back on it, I wish I was a little bit more engaged, frankly. But can you talk a little bit before we get into the some of the summer internships you did? Because um, I want to learn a little bit more about how you actually landed them and what that experience mm -hmm. is like. But can you touch on your experience on the lacrosse team a little bit? Before we get oh, sure. Yes. Uh, I can't forget about that. That's such a major part of my Wesleyan career. So, um, you know, a lot of people don't talk about the walk-on process and what it means to be a walk-on. And then also being an athlete where, you know, I think a lot of people talk about those who people get playing time a lot. And I was not one of those guys. Um, 
but uh, if I had to do it again, I would do it again. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, lacrosse, for me, it really was about continuing my athletic career. Um, I didn't, wasn't recruited, but I love playing sports. And I didn't start playing sports until high school. So, you know, a lot of my friends on the team, they were picking up sticks when they were, you know, really middle school, probably even earlier. I didn't pick up a stick until I was 14. And so it was just like, it was weird to me. And, and but it was able, it was easy to, you know, excel on the field a bit um, or pick up the game quickly in high school because, you know, having football experience a little bit and having, um, you know, basketball experience in the, in the seasons prior to that, um, it, it helped. And I, I just felt like I fell in love with the game. It was something that was new, never seen to me. I lived in Brooklyn. I'd never heard of lacrosse until I got to high school. So it, it was, it was interesting to me. Um, and so, you know, being in you know, the right place at the right time and then seeking the opportunity. And so once I was able to, um, once I was able to, you know, connect with the coaches, it was all about, do you have any gear? Well, I'm like, I have nothing. Cause all the stuff that I used in high school was lent out to me. So, you know, immediately the team just rallied around, you know, provided some gear to, to use. And, and it was, it was smooth sailing from there. And every day I worked, was I prepared? Was I ready to be a college athlete? Nope. I was not. Um, I had the strength, but I definitely didn't have the stake skills yet um, ready at the time. And I was just, it was just a lot of learning the game the, I remember the first practice and I'm looking at the ball and I can't believe how fast it's going. <laughs> And it was just a different speed, but, you know, because I just worked so hard, it, it was just working in and out, just keep on working at it. Um, and, and I think, you know, I attribute that not only to myself, but to the program. I think Coach Rayba, the coaching staff, Coach Parker, uh, everybody does such a great job of just getting players to play hard. Um, and that's the Wesleyan culture, you know, stick skills, the, the finesse, all of that, you know, some, you know, some schools can pride themselves on that. But one thing I'll say about Wesleyan's lacrosse culture, it's about working hard every time from the start to the finish, um, four quarters, overtime. That's how we play. Um, it, it, you can have all the talent in the world, hard work wins all the time. And so that, 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 um, that's what Coach Raper really instilled in us. And I really appreciate that. Um, so my time at Wesleyan on the lacrosse team was really one, it went from, you know, being the new guy to two, okay, being the, the, the upperclassman that encourages young guys to keep playing hard um, and not be stupid off the field. Uh, I was a big person on, you know, once you put on that uniform and once you're on the team, you represent um, not only Wesleyan lacrosse, but Wesleyan as a whole. And so for me, my behavior and, you know, just my, my morals just, being a representative of the team of all times, that's, I took that seriously. Um, and I think that athletes need to take, you know, that more seriously. So she, you know, on campus or even people who are pros, right? Where you, wherever you go, now you're a representation of your team. You're an extension of your team. Um, and so when we all, one fall, we all fall. Um, and so I think that, you know, having, you know, teach younger guys and, and have that, you know, instill like, hey, you know, be mindful, um, be smart, create great relationships um, and be open-minded. Um, those were some of the things that I tried to emphasize as, a, as an upperclassman, you know, um, sort of mentoring younger, younger, um, younger players and, and just making sure that they, their time at Wesleyan was a good time and not bad in any way. No, that's, that's great stuff. And I would definitely reinforce the concept that you are representing the school on and off the field. And even afterwards, frankly, you'll always have that association with you. Let's transition a little bit into, it seems like 
you did a summer internship every year um, or yeah. pretty close there too. Can you talk us through um, what those summer internships were and how you actually landed those gigs? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so every, yeah, every summer I had, I had something going on. Part of it was through Prep for Prep. So the great part about, you know, having that network with Prep for Prep and, the, um, you know, through boarding school and, you know, them helping me to get to that point, they also provided summer internships. Um, so actually for two summers before that, I was a um, summer advisor for the Prep 9 component, which is for the boarding school kids and advising kids, you know, to get to boarding school. And so after that, um, you know, through, you know, those connections, I ended up at JP Morgan. So that was like my first like internship in like corporate world. Um, I, I was in product control and, you know, just looking at profit and loss sheets and cheats and, and just like trying to like study the market and, and from that perspective. Um, and, and so my mentors at, at that at that point in time really just helped me, you know, get a little bit more insight into the financial world. And it, it was really just like an early internship type of role. Um, my second internship the summer after, so the summer after my sophomore year, I would be at, um, one equity partner. So I was at a private equity firm. And so now that's just a different side of the, you know, side of, uh, of finance, seeing how private equity works. And I, I got, you know, some major knowledge about that. But it was the summer after my junior year was the first internship that I really, although prep assisted, um, it was really the one that I first sought out on my own. And so it started the summer beforehand where prep for prep had us, you know, go to different um, companies just to learn more about them, you know, after work, right? There were different events where I could network. And so Bloomberg was one of them. And I, I remember connecting with many people um, at Bloomberg, one of them being Deegan Leopold. She's actually a Wesleyan alum um, who currently is at Bloomberg. And, you know, she's like, hey, are you interested? Are you interested in the markets? Are you interested in this? I'm like, yes, like this all sounds great to me. Um, it's like, okay, so keep in touch, right? And so I kept in touch with Deegan and she's like, hey, make sure you apply. And I made sure that I kept in touch with people and then also, um, you know, leverage my connections um, at Bloomberg. And, um, you know, I applied to, to be in the 2018, um, was, yep, 2018 uh, financial products, analytics and sales internship role. And I eventually get it, which was great. And I, and I loved the experience. It really gave me an insight on the Bloomberg terminal and, and just um, Bloomberg as a hold, right? And I think some people may know Bloomberg is pretty much like a market leader in financial data. Like the, the world pretty much, like the financial world runs on Bloomberg in a way. Um, and so it shows how powerful, how big and the reputation of Bloomberg as itself. Um, and for those who don't understand Bloomberg, yes, Bloomberg is in Mike Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York City. So yes, um, Mike Bloomberg is my, my boss in a way, you know, that he, he, he he has done a great job, you know, running that firm. Um, and the story behind Bloomberg is, is incredible, right? Um, you know, starting out with just a couple and, you know, having a sale of Merrill Lynch and then look how big it's it's become. So um, Bloomberg was important for me to sort of establish connections. And once I did get the internship the following summer, you know, that was when the networking really began for me. Now there was an opportunity to get a full-time offer after um, that internship. And unfortunately I didn't get it, right? But what I did was that, you know, I, I took the advice that I was given, the, the feedback that I was given, both, you know, positive and constructive feedback and returned to Bloomberg. Um, and so right now that's where I'm at, right? Um, at Bloomberg in a different role, um, but I'm learning so much. Um, and I've made so much more connections that have put me into position to, um, you know, for, um, propel my career further. 
um, in advance. And so the one thing I will say um, to people is that with senior year and junior year, there's typically this rush or this pressure to find a job, right? To create the networks and to, to, um, to, to, to be in the position to, to be, you know, good on your own, right? Um, I know a lot of people also chase for the money, right? Um, and, and just understand that, yes, it's important to create, you know, establish networks through people, um, to places you interned at, but at the end of the day, don't let the money be the driving force and don't let the pressure um, be so much that you don't create meaningful relationships. Um, it could have been, I could have really made the decision like, hey, I didn't get the full time, forget it, right? But then it, what do I get from that, right? And, and I'm in a position now where I'm learning more and there's so much more open to me as a Bloomberg employee now than there was as an insert, right? Um, and so I really focus on making meaningful relationships in, in the corporate world or making meaningful relationships in, in the working world in general or whatever, um, wherever your passion is, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be corporate, right? But make meaningful relationships, stay in touch with people and um, be yourself. I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, I know a lot of people feel that, hey, maybe I have to put on a facade or, or, or put on, you know, you know, a different personality, but no, I think people want to know who you are, right? Um, and then if you show who you are, showcase who you are, then those opportunities that you are actually excelling will open up as well, right? Um, somebody can provide you an opportunity based on something that you pretend to be, because then you will be miserable. You won't like what you get. Um, but if somebody sees who you genuinely are and you have a genuine connection with them and they can see the potential and to see the opportunities for you, then they can fit you in the place that you need to be. Um, and so that's my piece on, on, on networking. And, you know, that's what has come out of my internships. I feel like I got a well-rounded working experience over the last couple of years. And I'm very grateful and it's really helped me to be in the position I'm in now. So I want to unpack uh, a couple of things that you said between being an intern and landing a full-time job at Bloomberg, you said you kept in touch with, I can't remember her name, but a Wesleyan person, and then you leveraged those connections. Can you go into a little bit more detail about sure. how you stayed in touch and how you leveraged those connections? Sure. And, and so, um, you know, Deegan Leopold, uh, I think she's a great resource at Bloomberg. If, you know, anybody's, you know, from Wesleyan and wants to, 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 to apply. And I believe she's actually done trips to Wesleyan to sort of talk about Bloomberg um, and, and, and see, you know, and see who's interested, um, to work at Bloomberg. So, so that's one thing. And I, and so just keeping in touch and, and like, whether it be LinkedIn, it could be email, um, leverage, you know, leverage those tools. Um, and, um, what I mean by, you know, also leveraging, you know, one connection leading to the other, you know, after I connected with Deegan, you know, before in that Bloomberg event and then spoke to her about, you know, applying. And I told her when I applied, once I got the internship, you know, I met her in person again and we reconnected there. And then her connections led to me connecting with other people at Bloomberg who were able to share their experiences in the professional world. Um, so that was really helpful in getting to understand, okay, is Bloomberg somewhere I could envision myself being at? Um, and, and it was. Um, and so, I was able to, you know, from one connection, make many more um, and then continue to say, okay, well, this is where I want to explore. 
um, I'm interested in this department. How do I, you know, get more information? Well, Deegan could put me in touch with this person. Then one person could touch me, put me in touch with five other people. Five other people could put me in touch with 10 other people. So establishing that network um, by just um, talking and reaching out. No, don't be afraid to reach out. You'd be, you know, you'd be surprised that people are willing to help. Um, I know networking is sometimes a scary thing where it's like, I gotta, I gotta pitch myself to somebody. Um, and sometimes it is that case. It isn't, it isn't that case. Now, can you give an elevator pitch? Well, my name is Henry. I'm doing this. I'm interested in so-and-so. Um, but I'm also interested in these are the things. This is what I'm doing right now. These are the projects I'm working in right now. Um, knowing the person you're speaking to, right? And, and I think understanding those things are, are important, especially in the corporate world when you're you know, speaking to people who are higher up, right? Um, extremely higher up and extremely senior. But if you're talking about somebody who may be in a position that you are in and you, you know, just want to connect as well, um, that, that works as well. And I think, you know, Another thing about connecting with other people, a lot of people talk about connecting vertically, um, you know, so connecting with people who are in so much senior positions than you. Part of that is true. I also think you need to connect horizontally as well. People who are in different departments than you, but not necessarily more senior than you at all. Um, and, and, and those connections lead to other connections as well. Um, and they can lead to more vertical um, connections, but I do believe that horizontal you know, connecting horizontally with people is important because then um, you 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 broaden your base, right? Because um, you know, the more vertical you get, the very there's less people there. Um, but if you stay where you are at and you you know connect with people in different places, then you have a broad base um, to work with. Yeah, and and one other name I throw out there is I I interviewed Catherine Tybee, who is also at Bloomberg, and I put you yes. all in touch. Yep. and you know. There is there's a good Wesleyan Bloomberg connectivity. So if anybody listening is interested, there's a number of touch points that I think you can can um, access to some folks there. Um, well, this has been terrific. What I would like to do now is transition to a little bit more of the informational interview phase. Can you go through exactly what your role and position is at Bloomberg and what oh, sure. your what your day to day looks like? Sure. Um, right now, I'm in client financial services at Bloomberg. Um, to give you sort of a you know brief insight, it, it's it's like collecting in a way. Um, so Bloomberg provides a a, a, a wide range of, of products, but mainly being the Bloomberg terminal to a lot of um, clients who who use it to make economic and financial decisions. Um, with that being said, we bill on a you know certain basis, and so I you know create these relationships through with clients. It's like okay, we need. Um, how do we work this out so, so that you we ensure proper payment that we realize our 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 our, our, our um, revenue on our end and um, make sure that you know everything is clean on our end. You know it's about the bookkeeping type of thing right now in a way because you have a, a set portfolio and so my day to day is literally literally looking at open items, outstanding items, um, and reaching out to clients right and then seeing what they need and maybe they need something from sales, maybe they need something um, that that requires um, a little bit more. Um, work and so I will connect them to the right people. Um, and so even in a way, even though it's not um, something where I am providing a service or I'm doing something that's analytical, I'm still building the skills needed um, to connect with clients. And I think that's something that's very important, especially at Bloomberg. Um, it, we, we provide a service. And so since we provide a service, customer service is one of the most important things at Bloomberg. Um, so no matter where you're at or what role you're in, customer service is, is so important. Um, and so that it, every day, really, I try to make sure that I um, 
you know, provide be the best personal service I possibly can. Um, and so that takes in the foremost, once again, reaching out to clients regarding their accounts, um, taking phone calls on, on a sort of a random basis. So sort of like a call center thing where, you know, a client may call in saying, hey, I need this. Um, and then one of us, uh, a CFS rep would pick up the phone and, and, and answer the client's questions based on what it is about. And if they, it doesn't end with us, we could just transfer it to the right place accordingly. And then, um, you know, solving personal requests for clients as well um, that they may send to us through, you know, whatever systems that we use. Um, so that's just a high level overview on the day to day what I do. Um, it's a lot of, um, you know, utilizing the Bloomberg terminal, um, sometimes some Excel work um, and, and, you know, also having phone conversations throughout the day. That's great. It's an incredible company. I've had the chance to to listen to Mike speak on a number of occasions, and uh, the story is really very remarkable. Um, how we started the company and how big it's grown, obviously. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been terrific. Thank you. You're taking your lunch hour here to work with us. Really <laughs> I'm being mindful that you get enough uh, energy to to finish out your day. But any other kind of piece of advice or parting words or wisdom that you might be able to give to some folks? A lot of what we're trying to do is you know, given what's happening with COVID, um, the current students are, are at home for an extended period of time over the winter break. So mm -hmm. um, entering into an unusual workforce setting, obviously, but any parting thoughts you might give to current students or recent graduates? For sure. Um, one, to current students, um, I, I must say this is remarkable how um, you have endured because these are unprecedented times. Um, and so, it's really over the last year, um, students have been asked to sort of switch up their styles of learning, um, to still be productive in some in areas that may not be um, as productive. For example, you know, how can a musician, you know, still have, you know, classes and, and but they're away from their teachers, right? Or something like dance, right? And things that require interaction or even just, you know, classroom settings, right? Um, those things are important and, and social interaction has been even though it's sustained through virtual learning and virtual connectivity, um, nothing beats a face-to-face, -face, right? Um, be in person with somebody. And so um, to the current students, um, kudos and, and my hats off to you for, for how you've endured, how you adapted. Um, please don't, you know, take that, um, please don't seem as if that's been, you know, under the radar or not, it's not been seen. I think that that's one thing to take note of. and. Um, even though this has um, changed things in such a way that have been so drastic, um, use this opportunity to sort of create new habits and, and, and find new things. Um, I would say that I wouldn't argue that time has, has um, been more free for people because I find myself that even though I'm at home, I'm doing way more and I'm busier than ever. Um, but take the time to reflect, take the time to, to see, hey, well, how can I adjust and create a plan create a plan about what I need to do next. So what's the plan after college? Who can I leverage still? Um, even though we may not be in touch with one another, I still can reach out to people um, and you know, um, leverage the connections that you have um, and, and don't be afraid to, 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 to just go out. Sometimes it takes a little discomfort to reach out to that one person. Um, you may think that person you, you're going to reach out to may not react in the way um, that you, you think they will. Um, and they might be more, way more open than you believe. So, so take that jump, take that leap of faith. Um, even though it's unprecedented times, this is the time to take that leap of faith. And to um, people who have just recently graduated, um, I know it's, a, it's sort of a scary market, right? Um, 
I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm grateful. I've had job stability, thank God. Um, but it's a, it's a place where people are entering a, a job market that is unstable in certain places and maybe getting better in other places. Um, and so I would say explore where you see, you know, the job market is doing well and explore, you know, see where it's not doing so well. Um, take a strategic approach to finding a job. Um, and if you do have a job now, take a strategic approach about what's your next steps. Um, of course, I don't have to say, you know, don't be quick to leave a place or whatnot, but like, you know, be strategic about your next steps and be smart because it's just going to be required so that you're in the best position, not only financially, but also um, career wise. Um, and, and so that's what I really can say right now to, to those who are, are you know, um, who are working and, you know, current students and, and people who just recently graduated, um, keep up the work. Um, you know, it doesn't get any easier, I will say that, but keep up the work and, and, and um, keep revolutionizing how you think and, and, and how you work, because um, then it will pay off in the long run. Henry, thank you so much for the time and all the wisdom. It's a great story that you're sharing. And is it okay if folks uh, are interested maybe in learning more about your story or connecting or, or learning more sure. about what you're doing with Bloomberg if they reach out? Okay. For sure. Um, and, and, you know, you have my contact information and, and my email, the, you know, feel free to email me if you, you know, you're hearing this and you, you want to learn more, reach out, um, just an email away. Awesome. Thanks, Henry. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. My pleasure.